it is alive yes i am back thank you guys for uh, putting up with my uh, absence but it is episode 42 i believe of the cherokee rewind i am mick thanks for uh, like i said hanging out and t uh, tuning in again not giving up here on me but uh today's guest is somebody who my goodness i i knew him when he played here with the cherokee and I also ran into him years later when we were on the road in Grand Rapids at a pro shop in the arena that the, uh, that Grand Rapids played in at the time uh, when they used to be in the league we were in. I've subsequently, you know, I had not uh, heard from this young man, but the funny part is, well, I would say the funny part, but the probably one of the neatest things about, I can say about a guy and uh, just pay homage to him because when he found out I was sick and what was going on with me with the cancer and stuff, he reached out to me and just uh, totally out of the blue, I got this voicemail and then I was like really moved by it. And then all of a sudden I lo I cleared out some stuff on my phone and I inadvertently cleared out his number, but I went back and uh, went through my history through my carrier and I was able to find the number. There was only one number from Wisconsin. And uh, that's this guy's. And, uh, of course, if I remember correctly, uh, two things. One, uh, he's for, are you from Economowoc? That's correct, Mick. It's Economowoc, yep. Yep. Wow, I can't believe I figured that one out. And then the other is I always try to figure out uh, somebody's jersey number that they uh, wore when they played in Toledo. And if I remember, I'm get, I'm trying to remember. Like I said, a lot of names and a lot of years trying to crush into 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 this. But I think if I remember correctly, you wore. I'm going to take the stab at it and say 21. That is correct. Wow! I can't believe I got it. 21. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, the gentleman this I'm talking about is a fine young man by the name of Chris Kraft. And Chris played, you played in the early part of last decade, correct? I mean, like 2001 and two. So I played, yeah, so I played 01, 02, and then 02, 03. So yeah, two seasons. Wow. And uh, my goodness. And you were, I, I remember because a couple other things too. Number one, your family. They were absolutely wonderful people. And number two, um, they were crazy, <laughs> just like you. And uh, you <laughs> You guys are you guys are a fun bunch, I tell you. You guys really. I always look forward to when your folks were able to make the trip in. Um, and uh, first of all, welcome Cherokee Rewind, and thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, absolutely, thank you. Uh huh. And now, I guess the questions I can start with now. Uh, first things first. Let's start from. Uh, I always try to start with when you started playing the game, when you took the game up. Uh, talk to me about what got you interested in this crazy sport that we all know and love? Yeah. So, I mean, starting kind of, you know, back when I was young, you know, 79, something like that. Um, just kind of playing, you know, playing pond hockey a little bit here and there, you know, my dad taught me how to skate. Um, and, you know, just kind of the more and more getting into it, um, you know, I mean, in, in Southeast Wisconsin, you know, what, 20 years, you know, 20, 25 years ago, um, hockey wasn't necessarily the, you know, the most prevalent sport in the world. Um, so I just kind of had limited exposure to it, you know, not really, um, not really having it be a, you know, kind of a known playing option necessarily. So um, just kind of, you know, watching 
I think when I started watching it, it was, you know, the early 90s when, you know, Mario and the, the early Penguins were, you know, tearing up the league. And that's actually why I'm a Pens fan, big Mario fan. So that kind of got me interested in the sport. And so, um, yeah, my my parents kind of, you know, got me into it a little bit. I expressed that I wanted to play. Um, they ended up, you know, getting me a, a roller hockey net at first just to see if it was something I actually enjoyed or if it was just kind of a, a flavor of the day. Um, you know, flavor of the day kind of thing. And I ended up actually breaking the net because of how much I used to use it and shoot pucks at it and all that kind of fun stuff. Wow. So I think, I think after that, they kind of realized that, you know, it was, it was something I enjoyed. Um, and so, yeah, from there I started, uh, I want to say second year squirt. So roughly 10 years old, um, was the first time I played organized, organized hockey and, and, you know, just kept plugging along from there. So, um, was there a lot of, uh, was there a lot of organized hockey in Oconomowoc or no? Um, so the, the organization, um, that I actually played for was, it's basically, uh, more or less when I was there, it was pretty much the entire county that I live in, um, hmm. or that we lived in then was pretty much part of that organization. Um, my two sons actually play for the exact same organization now. Wow. Um, there's... There's a couple more teams than were than were around when I was little, but um, it's more or less fairly similar. Where, like I said, it's it's a handful of school districts that are all put together, as opposed to just in one one like city per se. So, Chris, let me ask you. Um, you uh, tell me how you uh, progressed as far as uh, moving from one one organization to the next, uh, getting more serious about your hockey as you move through the ranks when you went from squirt, you know, I mean, obviously Wee, Bantam, I mean, where, where, where along the line did you go? Yeah. So like I said, I, I played my first year of organized hockey was I played squirt B, um, as a second year squirt. Um, and then I played two years of Wee with the same organization. I played my first year Bantam, um, again with, with Waukesha. And then after that, I played my freshman year. Oconomowoc actually had a program. Um, the, the high school had a program at the time. Mm -hmm. um, when I was there, they were fortunate enough to actually have, they were able to completely have a varsity team and a JV team. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. They're part of a co-op team where there's like three or four high schools that are all put together. Um, but so I played my freshman year, I played on the JV team, and then um, I actually ended up going out to Madison uh, my sophomore year to go play um, for the Madison Capitals AAA team for the midget, midget minor team. Um, then my junior year, I played uh, Wisconsin AAA, which is based out of uh, Milwaukee. I think it's called the Milwaukee Junior Admirals now. Um, same team, just different name. And then from there, um, I played my senior year in Toledo and then uh, played Toledo again the year after, and then I played two years in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League for the Northern Michigan Black Bears. That was kind of, they weren't officially our feeder team, uh, the team that we fed, but we fed them a lot of guys. So uh, Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we fed, we fed Northern Ontario quite a few guys. But, yeah, I think uh, most, I think, I think pretty much just the CSHL in general was a feeder team for, <laughs> for that team because yeah. there was a lot of, a lot of old CSHL guys that were, were on the team when I played there. Well, we'll get into that here in just a little bit, but I was going to ask you, do you remember when you first started and you did Squirts B, who was your coach? 
his name was Mr. Costello. I can't, I think his name, I believe his first name was Tim. Um, and yeah, his, he had a kid, a kid that was on our team. And then, um, if I remember correctly, I believe he had a younger son who was, I think he played in the USHL. Like he was actually a pretty good, pretty good player. Um, but I didn't, didn't have much exposure to him, but yeah, I, I do remember Mr. Costello was our coach. What I'm trying to think does the name Zeke Costello comes out at me for some reason that played in our league. He didn't play for Toledo. He just played in the league. Um, I just can't remember where he played, but, oh, well, it must not have been him. Anyway, um, so now what was it uh, that made you want to jump from high school to uh, travel? Um, I mean, I think competition. Um, I mean, as, as much as Wisconsin would like to think that high school hockey is as big as it is in Minnesota, um, it, it really isn't. I mean, high school hockey in Minnesota is a completely different beast. Um, I think you may have a couple teams maybe in northern Wisconsin that could kind of rival that, you know, excitement level and that talent level. Um, but down down in this part of Wisconsin, that's not really the case. So, you know, we're just looking for, looking for a little bit better competition, looking for, you know, some – a little bit more experience uh, with, with coaching and stuff like that. And so, excuse me, I was actually very fortunate. Um, and I had the late Bob Suter um, from the 1980, you know, miracle team um, ended up being our head coach. Wow. And yeah. And so, I mean, his son, Ryan, who I mean, still plays for Minnesota in the NHL today, he was on our team also. So there was, there was some pretty high, high end skill on our team. Um, and, and having the good fortune of, of having Bob as our coach was, I mean, that's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. I can't pass that one up. That's for sure. So, <laughs> right. so let me ask you something here. Uh, what was it like when you see guys like that playing and where, uh, where did you think your role was and how did you fit in as far as what you thought you should be doing, uh, the, the type of role you should be playing on a team like that? Yeah, so that was a bit of a, a bit of an adjustment, I would say, um, from being one of you know one of the top kind of go-to guys from just like travel team, you know, just like normal double A teams, um, to then going to a team where I was the only kid who had never played Triple A Madison before. Everyone else pretty much was returning, so it was a little bit different. Um, just trying to break into kind of like the social aspect of it. Oh you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you're not necessarily, you're a new guy, essentially. So that took a little bit of a transition. Um, and then, you know, like I, from going from a kind of a go-to guy to more of a, you know, like a third or fourth liner where, I mean, you. More of a role like player? Yeah, your expectation, you're not supposed to be toe-dragging and dangling people at the blue line. You you get the puck deep and you work for it. So that definitely took a little bit of a, you know, you kind of take a big gulp of your pride and, and realize that, you know, when you have a, again, when you have a coach like that who's telling you that this is how you're supposed to play, you just do it and that's it. So it definitely took a bit of a transition, but um, my game absolutely exploded from where I started the year at to where I finished the year at. Well, that's a good thing then. Um, let me ask you. So, you play. You play there. Uh, was the team any good? So, our actual team itself, we were actually good. We uh, our our biggest Achilles heel was in our net. So we had two goaltenders who 
when they were playing at the top of their game, were fantastic goalies. Um, but when if they had an off day, like they weren't letting three pucks in, we were talking four, five, six. So, um, yeah, we, we, I mean, as far as, uh, I mean, as far as a, uh, a skill team, I mean, like I said, our defensemen, we had, well, Ryan Suter, I mean, he got drafted, what, like seventh overall or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he was, so he was pretty good. Um, we had another kid who played, his name was Evan Stofflet. He played at Vermont for four years. And then there was another guy, I believe his name was Jeff Swindy. Um, he played at Wisconsin. I don't think he played a ton of games, but I know he was at least, you know, like kind of like an eighth or ninth defenseman. So he would kind of fit in. But I mean, still, they have three D1 defensemen on one midget minor team. Like we, we had some kids who could play. So it, our, our, our skaters were pretty good. It's our opportunity would have been in that for sure. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, uh, I mean, did you guys uh, did you guys finish near the top of the ranks or, or of the division? Or so actually that year we so like that midget minor year we did not have nationals to go to. So unfortunately, we didn't really from that perspective we you know weren't really able to you know kind of have a yardstick as far as of how good we were. I would say the one thing that that I would say. We played. We went up to Thunder Bay, and we played a team that was. I want to say this was probably December, or January. So, seasons. You know, I mean, we're well into the mid mid year or midpoint of the season. Excuse me. Um, and that Thunder Bay team had yet to lose a game, and we unfortunately didn't hand them their loss. But we played really hard with them and ended up losing. I believe it was three to two in overtime. Um, but I mean, when you have a triple A team in Canada that you're able to put that hasn't lost, I mean, they were like 30 and all or something like it was, it was just ridiculous. And so, I mean, our ability to, you know, to skate with them and stuff like that was, was relatively remarkable. Wow. That's impressive. So you do all that stuff uh, at that level. Uh, what were the events that happened that ended up with you coming to Toledo? Were you recruited? Uh, did you go to tryout camp? Did you go to another tryout camp and then run into uh, the Toledo guys? What was it that, how did you end up here in the Glass City? Yeah, so um, my junior year, I played for Wisconsin AAA. Um, so I played, we played a lot of games in Detroit. We played against the Fort Wayne Comets. So I actually had a little precursor of a lot of my teammates, who, who a lot of my teammates were going to be the next year. So like Cole and Kyle and Chris Hoy and like Mike and all those guys. Um, we used to see them quite often. And so actually um, there was a, there was a tournament or I don't want to call it a tournament, but it was, it was like a player showcase in Chicago. I believe it was called EHK. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of were put on a team and you just played a bunch and a whole bunch of scouts came and saw you. Um, and Mike actually saw me at, at, uh, at EHK and reached out and, you know, and let me know they were interested. And so I ended up, I don't remember if I ever got drafted or not. Um, but regardless, I ended up coming to camp and I, I actually went to the Texas tornado camp. So junior A in the Northern, North American hockey league. Um, and so they wanted me to go play for a different junior B team in, in uh, Minnesota. And so I was kind of hemming and hawing between the two. And so I ended up coming to Toledo and, um, played played well enough during the you know during the camp that you know only wanted to sit down and have a have a chat and so 
ended up ended up signing I think the next day. Wow. So what was it like uh, that first year? I mean, when you walk in that training camp, uh, right? You know, at the beginning, what was it like when you walked in there? I mean, did it feel comfortable? I mean, obviously you knew some guys from uh, Fort Wayne. Of course, I always call that time the Fort Wayne experience because we were like, <laughs> in, we were like invaded by everybody from Fort Wayne because there was like, what? Let's see. There's Cole Herb, John Hale, Chris Hoy, uh, Ryan Potts, Kyle Kleinschmidt. Uh, Kobe Peters, yep, Mike Moore, uh, yeah. Mike Moore, yep, absolutely. We had a whole ton of them, and uh, it just uh, that was crazy back then. But uh, what was it like for you when you first walked in that camp? Though, and, uh, were you kind of uh, like intimidated at all, or were you nervous, or just like, hey, I, I got this? You know, I mean, I think there's a little bit, you know, I mean, as as hockey players, and you know, specifically you know, forwards who have a tendency to, you know, put the puck in the net a little bit more. You have a tendency, I don't want to say arrogant, but, like, you you know you belong. You know, I mean, you see kids skate. Like, you know if you can do it or not. So there's a little bit of that. But then, I mean, when you're coming to a new team, there's always, you know, you're always going to have a little bit of that, you know, nervous energy or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, I think I was fortunate enough. I, I went to a few a few junior A camps. Um the summer before I ended up actually coming to Toledo. So, I mean, you know, the hockey, the hockey is, you know, obviously the hockey is a little bit more elevated at that junior A level. So um, I think once you get a couple of those in your belt, I think the nervousness necessarily is probably going to be a little bit less. Um, But yeah, I mean, anytime you come into a brand new scenario with, you know, people that you may not be super familiar with, I mean, most of those Fort Wayne guys, I only played against. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, as far as going there, I don't, trying to remember i don't really think i knew anyone as far as people i had played against or or any of that kind of stuff okay so uh you get out there and and you work hard and then omi calls you into the office what was that conversation like if you remember um you know i mean obviously i was what i yeah i would have been just a little i would have just turned 17 a little you know a couple weeks ago or a couple weeks before. Um, so yeah, my dad came in there and he probably, my, I think my dad probably had more questions as, than I did, you know, cause I mean, you're, you know, like I said, 17. So you're like, Oh sweet. I made a team. Great. Well, that's <laughs> my dad was, you know, obviously asking a few more questions than just, you know, and you know, Oh, you made the team. That's it. So I just remember, yeah, he was, he was pretty diligent about, uh, about having a conversation with Omi and, you know, I mean, I was going to be entering my senior year. So, you know, my parents wanted to make sure that school was still a priority and all that kind of stuff. So I remember we, we, uh, left the meeting and then went back to the hotel room. I think that was Saturday. I went, went back to the hotel room, kind of talked about it a little bit. And then he decided that was, that was the best place for us. Um, and you know, that was, that was the best decision to make. And then came back Sunday for the game I was supposed to play in and yeah, why don't we know that we were, we were good to sign and sign right there. That's awesome. Now, uh, the first game, do you remember your first game at all? As far as like, who were your line mates and, uh, anything like that? I, I want to say, like, I remember the first game we played against, uh, I believe it was. Cincinnati was it the Cincinnati Cobras? Yeah. So I remember we played them, and I actually scored my first game. So, wow. Um. Uh. So I I do remember that. Um. As far as line mates go, I want to say I played with Kobe. 
and I can't I can't remember who else I played with. Ricky Brandon's sticking in my mind, but I'm pretty sure he was playing with Kelly. So I don't think that was I don't think that was accurate. But no, I definitely remember playing with Colby. And yeah, like I said, I scored in that first game. I'm pretty sure we had a guy. I think his name was Scott Gray. He was an 82. I believe he ended up getting into a fight, threw his shoulder out, and that was the only game he played for us the entire season. Wow. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. All I remember is that we played in, in that rink, and I had to hook up my system through to a fax machine, and <laughs> I ended up having to wire it down through some pipes and stuff, uh, and I ended up doing play-by-play from a picnic table. Right, oh, right there at rinkside, like right on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I mean, you can't make that kind of stuff up. Um, yeah, and so that's the one thing I remember about that place when we went down to Cincinnati. Because back then we always opened up with Cincinnati. You know, we would always open up down there for the weekend, that first weekend of the season. And uh, it's uh, they were unfortunately they were not a very good team back then. They no, were, no, no. I remember the second game too. Um, I so I, in in midget hockey, I think I got into one fight, mm-hmm. and that lasted all of three seconds. So it was basically like because you have to keep your your cage on, and so it pretty much like some guy jumped me, and then we were on the ice and wrestling around, and the refs were in there. So the the or the Cobras had some some big bolt of a defenseman. I want to say he was number nine. Like the kid could barely play, and it was a, like I said, it was the second game. I was lucky and ended up scoring in the first game, so he thought I was good. And he asked me to fight, and I was like, "Well, okay." Like it was, you know, brand new team trying to make, you know, trying to make a good impression. And we chop our gloves and proceed to get matching minors for roughing. It was <laughs> awful. Oh my gosh! So we're sitting in the penalty box. And he's chirping over at me, wanting to go again. And I was like, you know what? No, that's not going to happen. And I remember Potts, he goes, he goes, Kraft, he goes, yell over at him. He had his opportunity. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed. I was just like, yeah, that, that, we're, we're good. I, I'm definitely not this role. We'll, we'll let Bobby do Bobby's job. Like yep. me. <laughs> that's right. Now, the funny part is, um, I think, didn't Potsy get into a fight that year? Was it that year or the next year that he got into uh, a fight in Cincinnati? I want so so Patsy's Patsy's second year was my first year. Okay, then so it must I, have been the first. He, yeah, because I mean, I'm pretty sure that would have been Patsy's first year. So the year before I played, I think was when Pat got to a scrum because I don't know. I want to say he finished like second or third in scoring in our league. Yeah. Um, during my season, so I don't think he really was you know dealing with a whole lot of that kind of no 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 he never well he only did it once just because he wanted to try it and he ended up on his knees and he it was so awful and awkward and he he wanted to crawl under a shell i mean it was really really bad but it's like i told him on the bus afterwards i'm like dude at least you stood up and you know you you had the guts to go for it so you know nobody else did so he was you know but he was just such a great kid, still is. I, they're, yeah, they're, they're all kids to me still, because even though you guys are now, you know, in your 30s and uh, heading towards 40, um, I mean, throughout all those seasons and stuff, you guys are still kids. You're my kids. 
you know, but, uh, you know, even though you got kids of your own, you know, so, uh, but, um, I, I was laughing. I was looking at the Toledo Cherokee roster mm-hmm. and there are literally kids who were not even born the year I played there <laughs> yep. that are on the team now. Yes. Like, holy cow. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? It's well, like... I, my, uh, when I stayed in Toledo, I stayed with Kevin and Vicky Coor. Mm-hmm. Fantastic people. I still stay in touch with them to the day, or to this day, I should say. Um, and the, when I first when I first moved in with them, their son Kyle was seven. Oh my! And he's now married, and like you know, he's like a real person now. And my oldest son is older than what Kyle was when I lived with them. Oh my it's gosh! It's just like holy cow, this is insane. <laughs> it's it, it it makes you feel old, doesn't it? Oh, it's funny. It is. It is very funny. Well, okay, so let's talk more about that first year. Tell me about, I mean, obviously, the biggest influx was the kids from Fort Wayne. But uh, did you play with anyone else that you remember besides Kobe up front? Um, I mean, honestly, that year was a little bit, you know, I was, there was a couple, there was a couple week stretch where I was actually kind of in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um which is, was very weird to me. I mean, that really had never been the case. And I remember calling my dad complaining to him that I wasn't playing. And <laughs> I will never forget. My dad goes, Oh, do you want me to call Mr. Only and tell him, tell him to stop being so mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, the, so you could feel the sarcasm through the phone. Oh, and, yeah. And so I was just like, okay, you know, just pick it up. And I remember towards towards the back half of the year, actually, um, I want to say we had some injuries, and our D were actually pretty light, and so um, Bakes actually brought me back, and I played with Mike Moore, um, who, I mean, Mike was a stud. I yeah. mean, he, he could play, you know, a good 30-plus minutes every game, and not even, he would, would break a sweat, yeah. And I remember playing with him on the top pair after a couple weeks, you know, kind of, you know, kind of getting back into it, and, um, so that's pretty much where I finished the year off. Yeah, I mean, I went from, you know, playing forward and, and, you know, trying to, you know, trying to be the offensive guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, finished up the year on the back, you know, on the back end, which was, I think that was the first time I'd ever really played. I mean, I, I kind of dabbled in defense and stuff like that, but I think that was the first time I'd, I'd actually played for it for a long stretch of time. And at a high level too, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're playing with Mike, you're not getting slouch minutes, and you're not getting the, you know, the bad pairings. I mean, I remember we we go up against, you know, when we go play St. Louis, we play against, you know, Stastny, and I don't, I had another guy, Slyus or something like that. I, but those two ended up going. I think they led the league one two as I think sixteen year olds. Because um, well, so, there was I mean, Paul. Stastny. Well, there were two yes. Stastnys. There were Paul Stastny and there was Jan. Yeah, Paul. Paul was the one. Paul was, yeah, he's an 85, um, but he had a line mate, and the two of them put up, like, 80-plus points or something. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And, I mean, Paul, obviously, again, he's pretty good, still playing in the NHL. And then, um, I can't, like I said, I can't remember what his line mate's name was, but he ended up playing in the USHL for two years. And then I wanted to say he played for Brown or one of those Ivy League schools for four years. So, Holy cow. I mean, again... Two, two not terrible people. So. Yeah, they had a well. St. Louis had a whole bunch of not so terrible people yeah, back then. Yeah. They had a they had a really, really, really not so terrible coach, um, Jack Behan, who I give crap to to this day. 
but uh, you, you know he's uh, he's probably one of my favorite people. I always told him that if they ever had a CSHL Hall of Fame, you know he'd obviously be on the first on the first class. Oh, for sure. And uh, you know, and he goes, well, if they ever have a broadcaster's wing, I said, Jack, if you ever have a broadcaster's wing, uh, I'll let you in, you know enshrine me. You'll give you know you'll, you'll be in, you'll be inducting me and that stuff. But that's because I say that because number one. I couldn't pick just one coach out of my team to induct me. I, I, there's too many of them that I, I respect, love, and just uh, treasure what they brought to the team. So I couldn't sure. just pick one. So I had to pick somebody away from that and just know, let them know that they all deserve, would uh, be the ones I'd want. But uh, it's like trying to pick your favorite kid, you know? You just can't. Anyway, so getting back to that, though, St. Louis had stacked. I mean, they had... If I'm not mistaken, they won something like five or six national championships in the decade. That's like yeah. insane. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. And I think they won like three or four in a row too. Like it was just and they I think the so my first year was the year Metro won, I believe. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah. That and, was John Cooper. And, uh-huh. and sadly enough, St. Louis's team was actually better than Metro. It just when we had Gold Cup, yep. I mean we ended up Beating Peoria somehow, and I remember that because they cut, my, they shaved my head. I remember that too. You <laughs> shave your head. <laughs> but yeah, and that St. Louis team was was better. They just happened to have one off game, and they pretty much cost them any opportunity to go. But yeah, they, that team was. I mean, they were just fantastic. They churned out players upon players upon players. Oh yeah, that they did, and. uh you know, I always said it was because of the fact that they were one of only two states in the country at the time. I don't know about now, but at the time that uh, hockey was high, high school hockey was considered an intramural sport. So they didn't it, you know, because most of the other states, you either play high school or you play travel. You play like juniors or you know, whatever, but sure. uh, you couldn't play both. Well, in Missouri, hockey was uh considered an intramural sport it wasn't a fully uh, accredited high school sport so kids would play high school and they'd play junior so i thought that kind of get i mean yeah you, they, it, i thought it, it built them up a little bit you know in terms well of yeah and i think i think uh i mean any the nhl broadcasts or whatever have seemed to bring this up quite a bit lately is you know there's there's a pretty deep um you know, core of old St. Louis Blue players, whether they they retired there or they played there at some point, moved on, and then ultimately retired, but they do come back, and they've really built up quite a, a strong youth program and quite a strong junior program there. And, I, I mean, I think you're kind of seeing the fruits of that labor with, you know, like I said, a really strong junior team. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I have to agree with you on that part of it. They do have a really good alumni association, a fantastic one. Um, so anyway, so uh, that first year, I mean, when you when you beat when you beat St. Louis, um, you, you I mean, you, it was like a reason to celebrate. But uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think we beat St. Louis that year, did we? I So we played Peoria in the initial playoffs and then that was to go to the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember in the round robin if we beat them or not. I want to say they lost to Metro and I can't remember if we actually won or not. I don't know. I'm getting old, Nick. <laughs> I know. I know 2001, we went to Hartford 
2000. I don't think we made it to the Nationals 2002. No, we lost. So Gold Cup was actually in St. Louis. So we had one weekend where we got to drive all the way to Peoria, come back, and then the next weekend we got to drive all the way to St. Louis. Um, and yeah, we did. Metro was the only team that made it out of of St. Louis to go to to go on the Nationals. Yep, and then so. So uh, you finished the year playing defense. Who was your goaltender that year? Do you remember? Was that Mike McCaskey? Yep. There was McCaskey and there was somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I me- yeah, I remember McCaskey. Was, he had that big old white helmet. That we all tried to get him to put some decals on or something, but it was just awful. Yeah, yeah that was him. <laughs> that was him. Um, I'm trying to think who else was, because I think – I, I, I'd have to go back to like uh, one of the other uh, earlier podcasts to listen to. Wait, find was, was was Elliot? Because Elliot was was he in '82? I want to say maybe he was the goalie. Well, I know, I know. Was it him or was it Tony Corsini? Must that have been Elliot. Sound familiar. Okay, then it must have been Elliot because Elliot played a couple seasons with us. Uh, yeah. And I know. He played with uh, Andy Reynolds, and he played with uh, he played with Tony Corsini, and I think so. It might have been it might have been one of the it might have been uh, Elliot because uh, I always called him Easy E because he just was just so smooth and so so yeah easy going and stuff back then. And uh, but uh, anyway, they we had I know we had two really decent. Uh, Two good goaltenders back then. Yeah, it was it was Ellie. I just Googled. He's an 82, so that would have been his last year of eligibility. Okay. Then, uh, okay, so we move on to the, your second season. Uh, what? How, how do you feel? Did your role change at all in the way that you, uh, you came in in your rookie season versus what your own expectations were for second season? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, I mean, I, I went to a couple different junior A camps over the summer. Um, initially tried staying on defense, um, but that's not, I mean, my skill set and kind of how I am. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a defenseman. So I quickly got out of that and then ended up coming to Cherokee camp and knew I was going to be a forward and only – only told me I was going to be the number one defenseman, and I said, no, I'm not. I'm playing forward. <laughs> he kind of looked at me. <laughs> and then I proceeded to put up just a bunch of points in, you know, during the tryouts and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that pr- pretty much quickly put to rest any any potential of, of me staying back on defense. And, yeah, pretty much from the get-go, we were, yeah, I was, it was forward, and we were scoring points and, and going from there. So now um... – did uh, was there a big turnover of uh, personnel when you came in that second year? Um, I mean there was not to the extent. So my first year there was actually only three vets. So it was Kelly, it was Bobby Mays, and it was Potts. Mm-hmm. So pretty everyone else was a rookie, <laughs> or at least was new to the team, I should say. Yeah. Um, so that I mean that was you know pretty big, and then I mean from you know, from that perspective, I don't. I, our turnover the second year was would have been substantially lower. So Kelly came back, um, you know, Bobby came back, and then Potts went to go. I think he went and played B three in in Northern Wisconsin. Northlands, um, so, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Northlands, I think. 
college? That sounds right, yeah. Um, and so we did, you know, we did lose a handful of guys and we got in new guys or, you know, stuff like that. But it, it wasn't dramatic compared to the previous year, I would say. Okay, so tell me what that second year was like. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, what you remember about it, who you played with or some of the guys on the team. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough. I played with Ben Kavicki, um, or we called him Gary. I remember. Yep. <laughs> I remember Blasto and I had. He ended up. He ended up coming. Our. I want to say it was our first year. He came like part way through the season, and yes. Bakes had no idea who he was, but he kept hearing Blasto and I call him Gary, and so finally Bakes is yelling at him, and he's like, "Gary, Gary," and we're just dying on the ice laughing and finally we're like bakes that's ben <laughs> he's like why the, are you calling him gary <laughs> exactly oh. so, but no um yeah no uh ben ben was a good skater i played with him i believe to start the season and then kelly had a really hot start to the year and he ended up going and playing with capital center for for a little bit yep i um, remember up in lansing in, in lansing yeah and so I had the good fortune of playing with um, Larry Willard for a little bit. Um, uh, and... infamous... He's the one they called Boogie, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Lori Willard, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, nicknamed him Boogie. Um, but yeah, Larry, Jesus. Yeah, he was he was a heck of a player. Um, I mean, him and I played, we had fantastic chemistry together. Um he liked to do this little like behind the net backhand sauce pass that I would just literally sit back door, wait for the goalie to follow him around and just tap it in. So, um, yeah, we ended up, I think Larry led the league in scoring. And I think I, I was in second, I was in second place until Sean Sutton ended up scoring like four goals against Cincinnati in the last game to take me by one point. So, uh, so I ended up finishing third, which is not terrible, but yeah. I was going to say, which man. Is, which is actually funny, too, because Sean, um, he ended up playing with the, the Ice Diggers the next year. And he, so what, that would have been 03, 04, I believe. Yep. And he actually stayed with my old housing family. <laughs> wow. So, now, who did he play with when he played in our league? Uh, Columbus, I believe. Yep. You're right. I was just trying like, to just. Yeah, him and like just Sean DeStefano or something like that. Mm -hmm. both those, yeah, both of those guys could they could they could absolutely play. And so, uh, so you get oh man, because I remember too with uh, Kelly, he he came back to Toledo because he basically he was just sitting up there, uh, just uh, killing time because he, yeah he didn't he didn't get into the lineup very much, and when he did, he didn't see the ice hardly at all. So he came back, and that I mean, oof, that kid, him and him and Larry both, they could flat out play, and yeah, that was impressive. Now, when you played um, that second year, uh, who were some of the other guys on that team that you remember? Um, yeah, so we had, yeah, like like I said, Larry and Ben, um, Kelly, um. Fred Hudson for us. We had Blasto, Chase Gunning. Um, Is that the year Pomponio played? Pomponio played both years that I played. Which was it? First year? Yeah, it had to be first year then. That he uh, he dropped that kid from Columbus, the heavyweight. Oh, yeah. 
actually, I played with Tony three years in a row. Um, cause we, so I played with, you know, two years in Toledo and then one year up in, in Northern Michigan and that kid, he didn't fight often, but when he did, it was two, pun- two punches tops and the other kid did not end up with his nose in a place where it should have been. He yep. just, that, he was, yeah, he was an absolute beast. <laughs> and he was a scrawny guy. He wasn't a big guy. He was, I mean, yeah, no, he, yeah, I, I don't. I have no idea. Maybe it was the Italian in them. I don't know. He just that kid to throw. <laughs> he, I mean, I, I just remember the fight against the guy from Columbus. We were at Tam O'Shanner that first year, and uh, the kid challenged him. He was an overager. He was a twenty-year-old. Yeah. And Omi was on the bench screaming, "No, don't, don't!" And so Pomponio drops the mitts, and Tony just lands one punch. And he ends up breaking the guy's orbital bone, his nose, uh, I think his cheekbone. And the guy was knocked out cold, and he fell to the ice. And he broke his wrist because he landed on his wrist. Yeah, I remember only because, I mean, Tony was, what, 15 at that time? Yeah, he, he, had, he was going to, it was two weeks before his 16th birthday. Yeah, and I remember Omi was not happy that they were fighting, and then... You know, 10 seconds later, he was like, oh, kid can take care of himself. Never mind. Yeah, I I mean, that kid, ooh, he just, I mean, probably one of the uh, top, in the top 10, if not top five fighters we've ever had in Toledo. Uh, Oh, yeah, he was, and he was sneaky tough, too, because like you said, like, you look at him and you certainly wouldn't envision he's, you know, going to be knocking players out the way he did. And he, he would be physical as he was, and he just, he was a tough kid. He came from New Boston, Michigan, if I remember, because I, I when I do this stuff here, Chris, I don't, I don't, I purposely do not use the internet. I, I try to do it from memory. It just makes it more of a challenge and it makes it fun. Sure. But uh, yeah, um, he had hands like he had hands like feet, but he could he could fight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, I can't repeat the nickname you had for him, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, it uh, if I remember too, that was, uh, I don't know, it might have been the first year, Cole Herb. That dude also had hands that... What's, what's funny about him, Mick, is only pretty much told him he was tough. And he didn't really necessarily know that that was true or not, but Omi kept telling him, he's like, you, you're, you're a big kid, you're tough, you're strong, blah, 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 blah. St. Louis comes to town, and they had a, I don't remember, I don't remember specifics, but I remember they had a real big, tough guy, one of their, like, third or fourth line forwards, and Cole ended up challenging him, and the guy pretty much dummied him, dummied Cole. And he had a black eye, bloody nose, all that kind of stuff. And then the rest of the year, that was the only fight he lost. <laughs> like you said, Cole was tough as nails. And so he, he needed to work that first one through. And then after that, he was lights out. Yeah. I mean, between him and Bobby, there was no one that was going to go run and Kelly. That's for nope. sure. Nope, not at all. And if I'm trying to remember, it, I, it's probably the wrong year, but... There was a kid in St. Louis that was their tough guy. He was a 16-year-old, and he was their tough guy. And you might have heard of him because he ended up winning a Stanley Cup with the uh, with the Blackhawks by the name of Brandon Bolig. Yeah, that was a different year. That was a different year? Okay, because I remember I he fought. 
I remember he fought at Gold Cup and it, against uh, he, he was 16 and he fought uh, Brett Lincoln, who was an overager for us. And uh, they, they had the thing they had just put in the penalty thing where if you fought with less than five minutes to go, uh, you would be uh, you'd be thrown out and everything and you'd be suspended the next game. And uh, so they fought with 501 left to go in the third period. <laughs> Yeah, if I, if I remember correctly, I think Bowling's in 87, so, I mean, I think Cole's in 83, I'm in 84, so the likelihood, I don't... I don't no, it wouldn't I don't be, it, it wouldn't be, yeah. no. Like I said, he was, uh, Bowling was 16 when he did that, so that was probably like a year or two before, but, yeah. um, so anyway, so, but yeah, Cole Herb, and, and the other thing I remember about Cole, too, was when he fought, or I think it was for... Wasn't it for uh, rookie initiation, uh, the rookie haircut? He buzzed his head, and he put leopard spot. He dyed his hair leopard spots. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh my god, that was the funniest thing. But that was him. He was nuts, and yes. he, he was just he was a few fries short of a happy meal, and he liked it that way. <laughs> and uh, I just absolutely love that kid. And of course, you know, I mean, when your dad's your, been your coach most of your life. You know, you got to rebel somewhere. But, uh, sure. you know, and, and, and his dad and his mom were wonderful people, too. Uh, Larry and I can't remember his, his mom's name, but they were both really nice people, really nice. And, uh, you know, so I just remember, uh, like I said, he was just one of those tough guys. But I don't remember you getting in a ton of fights when you were in Toledo. Did no, you? I got in the one my first year, and then I think I got in three the second year. So that was the year we were up in Monroe. Yeah. Um, I, it was our first home game. We played Grand Rapids, and Schmitty, since since uh, Mike Moore didn't come back, Schmitty was our our top defenseman, mm-hmm. and they had they had a kid named Drew Satterley, who was following Schmitty around trying to fight him. And if you remember Schmitty, he was probably what five. Seven a buck fifty something. Yeah, less. Mm-hmm. I'm probably being facetious here, but I mean he was not a not a large person. Yeah, no. Not... Drew Drew Sanderley was a 16 year old who was six three, about two thirty, and he actually was up at he barely made it down because he was up at the Sarnia Sting in the OHL. Yep. Um, he was up there at their camp, and they wanted him to sign just essentially to be their enforcer, and so he was following um. He was following Schmitty around, trying to get him to go. And I was like, whatever. I'm like, ah, it, I, that's not my skill set, but I'm at least bigger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're so, not a short guy. Yeah, so I'm, well, at that time, I was about 6'4", probably 195 tops. So I got him by an inch, but he's got me by 30 pounds. And so I fall, I finally, I, I go down into the defensive zone. I kind of give him a little tap on the back of the legs, and he turns around. I'm like, let's go. And we dropped the gloves, and he proceeded to pound the heck out of me. <laughs> oh. And I'm sitting in the penalty box, and I'm finally collecting all my thoughts. And, yeah, I'm sitting there, and I was like, I don't know. And Schmitty comes over, and, you know, they're giving me my gloves and the stick, and everything. And he taps me and goes, man, thanks. I'm so glad that was you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would have been my first year out of high school. And so I had... Um, 
I had, I had signed up for an English class out of Monroe Community College. And so that game was Sunday, and I proceeded to have to go to my first day of class on Monday. Oh, boy. So I get there, and, you know, we kind of going around the room, and, you know, what what's your name? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And so I stand up, and I have two black eyes. My nose is swollen. Like, I just, I look terrible. And I explain, like, I, you know, I'm here. I'm a hockey player, yada, yada, yada. And the teacher's like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I got into a fight. And she goes, let me guess. I should see the other guy? And I said, you could. His face probably looks perfectly fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that didn't go so well. Oh, man. But, uh, I mean, still, though, I mean, I think a lot of people probably would have been not necessarily, they might have been a little gun shy because of your size. Because when you're at 6'4", nearly 200 pounds, that's nothing to, you know, that's not Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so, I mean, that's, a, I mean, still, that, that, that probably prevented more fights than anything, you know, just the yeah, idea that. And, and then I, I remember. Between the two, but to bookend it, I remember getting into a fight against Columbus. I think it was like the second or third last game of the season, um, and we like our that that Toledo team was fantastic, and so you know we we're thinking we we're going to go on a big big run and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, I, I finished up the year playing, you know, being fortunate enough to play with Lair, and this guy just the, the defenseman on Columbus just kept trying to just run him and run him and run. finally I had enough and he of course he wouldn't drop the gloves with Bobby because Bobby challenged him a thousand times oh of course and so they had their top pair was this they had a good like not short like he was just well everyone's shorter compared to me and virtually but they had a smaller defenseman and so he kept kept trying to slash Larry in the wrist and so I finally skated over to him and I gave him a real good cross check and I'm you know kind of dangled the gloves out there and all of a sudden, I get a cross check in the back, and I hear the guy go, "Let's go!" And I was like, "I, I was annoyed because you know, Lair to this day is still one of my really, really, really good friends. But I mean, when you're playing, it's you know a little more amped up. So I was fuming. So I drop my gloves and I turn around and I look up because of how big this dude is. Oh <laughs> man! Like, oh. I'm like, this isn't gonna end well. And I actually lucked out. We kind of locked up right away. Um, I, you know. After, after you've been, you know, kind of in enough scrums, you kind of realize what to do. So I kind of held him out for a little bit and threw a couple of punches. They ended up landing, ended up pulled, you know, kind of pulled up his shoulder pads down a little bit, fed him for, you know, a couple more punches, and the refs jumped in. But Omi was absolutely irate that because again, like Larry was first in the league in scoring, I was, you know, two three in that juncture, and he came into the locker room after the period was over and yelling and what would have happened if your wrist would have broken blah 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 oh yeah he was he was not too happy that that i was fighting but like you know what it's there like no one's no one's taking liberties with my center sorry <laughs> that's right that's right when that's your when that's your meal ticket right there that's one of your top guys <laughs> yep that's right you don't you don't mess with your top your top guy why do you think gretzky had Semenko back then you know, right. it, was, it wasn't because he could walk defensemen, <clears throat> you know, just saying. I, I, I like to think myself more of a, like a Yari Curry than a Semenko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's going to cause my ribs to hurt, man. Stop it. Oh, but, um, okay, so that second year, 
you guys, uh, like I said, you guys had a really good team. Uh, did trying to remember. Um, let's see, the second year, did you make it to nationals? I think. I think no, we so we ended up losing to the Wayne Wheels. We got swept by them somehow. We were the two seed. They were the seven seed. We ended up we outshot them something like. 120 to like 37 in two games and they had a goalie i believe his name was brett reeves who just he absolutely stood on his head and he ended up winning them the series and i believe they actually ended up making it to nationals because that's when so that year the cshl sent two teams Mm -hmm. i believe they sent st louis and they sent wayne because um, Wayne lost to, to St. Louis in the championship game of the Gold Cup. But, I mean, all intents and purposes, I mean, it was basically us and St. Louis were the two top teams in Junior B, period. And we just, two games in a row, we, we scored two goals out of 120 shots. So, we are a little snake bit, and yeah, there's not, not a whole lot you're going to do about that. Well, when you got a hot goal, we run into a hot goaltender. That yeah. uh, and and the, and here here's the irony of it, I think I don't know if it was the next season or the season after, Brett Reeves was our goaltender. In Toledo. <laughs> True story. He's uh, matter of fact, I'm friends with him on uh, Facebook to this day, uh, you know and stuff. So I, it was it's funny that you mentioned him, because yeah he he ended up coming he ended up getting uh, picked up by Toledo. I think it was the next season after you left and uh he he was a uh, he was just a really good goaltender that's the thing i yeah. remember and yeah. and the funny part is his cousin i think it was his cousin or is his brother i think it might have been um uh, i think it was his cousin anyway was uh, uh bart reeves who played for us that led to bart coming to play for us a few years later and bart oh, nice. bart was a a just think think tony pomponio um, probably maybe, uh, I'd say probably about maybe an inch shorter, but the same build, but his knuckles, when he hit people, I mean, he hurt them. He didn't just like maybe win a fight and you get a few good licks and no, he was like Tony. When he hit you, he hurt you. And he became known as the heavyweight in the CSHL and, uh, and the funny thing is, I think maybe 145 pounds tops. Oh gosh. Yes. And he was a, he wasn't a tall guy. He was a shorter guy, and just a gangly redhead. Just doop, 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 and <laughs> what? But pro, like I said, probably one of the top again in my top ten. I'll have to wow. put a top ten together sometime. But he was just a beast when it came to dropping the mitts. And I seen big guys challenge him. They would challenge. I remember in Peoria. He had, I think he had like two guys try to fight him, and he's he's at the same time, not 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 separate, at the same time, and he he basically uh, massacred them both. Wow. Yeah, he was just that way, and uh, but he was a really uh, he's a rock solid kid. That the thing that I always was impressed by the most, um, because he uh, not only was he just a really tough mean on the ice, he could put the puck in the net every now and then. But also off the ice, he was just really a good kid, and uh, I, I'll never forget that, you know. But uh, 
anyway, I don't want to deviate too far. I want to get back to you because um, now when you left Toledo and you went to Northern Ontario, did you have to make another big adjustment? Um, no, not really. I mean, in Toledo, you know, it was kind of between Larry and Larry and Kelly and I, like one of us was going to be, you know, kind of the go-to to score goals. So, um, you know, kind of going, moving on to, you know, Northern Michigan, it was pretty much kind of the same thing. I mean, I think, I think both of those years I ended up leading our team in points, both in regular season and playoffs. So it just, just kind of more of an enhanced role nothing necessarily different um but i mean i think the one thing that was a little bit different was the, um, my first year in, in northern michigan was the team's first year so it's not like you had vets per se you know like you had guys who had different junior experiences or you know i mean we had some you know some midget triple a kids or something like that but there really wasn't a a culture per se that was already kind of in place so that was a little bit different but um, other than that, it was, you know, pretty much, at least from my perspective, standard, standard operating, just, this is what you're here to do, you know, go score some goals and be a leader and, you know, kind of go from there. Okay. Well, let me ask you now, uh, you talked earlier about there being some CSHL guys that went up there to play that you remember. Do you remember any of their names, any of those guys or where they played? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Steve Krasuski was, Cruiser was, um, he was a forward played for Wayne Wheels. Um, Kevin, I'm blanking on his last name. He also played for Wayne. He was a defenseman. Um, my first year there, oh, God. A guy, he actually ended up playing at AIC for a year or two. He was a defenseman for Grand Rapids. We had a goalie for Grand Rapids, Kirk Panic. Um, he was actually one of the best men in my, or, you know, one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Wow. Um, uh, I want to say there's a couple more, but I think Ryan Benke ended up coming up. Um, yep. Obviously from Toledo, Pomponio was up there. Um, trying to remember if there's anyone else. There was a, I want to say there's a couple more Grand Rapids people who weren't necessarily mainstays on Grand Rapids Junior B team as much as they played a couple games with the Junior B team, but they also played on the midget the midget major AAA team. Uh-huh. So. But yeah, quite. I mean, quite quite a few that were there. Wow, that's. And a... I, I know Rob Rob Cole was one of our scouts, so he was. Well, <laughs> initially, initially was a, the wing coach, and then ultimately ended up coming over to Toledo. But yeah, he was one of the scouts for our team. So. That's funny. Yeah. Gosh, I, I and I did Crowley. I did a podcast with Crowley, and we talked a little about that, but we didn't really go into that much, uh, as far as his scouting days. But uh, there are anything like his playing days and his coaching days. They, there's probably a few stories there too. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so now after, when uh, you played, where did you play after Northern Ontario or Northern uh, Michigan? So I only I played there for two years, and then I actually just went. I was out of hockey. Um, ended up going to Western Michigan University just as a student, um, which actually kind of. To bookend it, as you were saying to, to lead off the podcast, um, I was a student at Western Michigan when when uh, you saw me at at the uh, the ice rink in Grand Rapids. I was just working. There was there was a company that had a, a couple pro shops there. Um, two 
two in Kalamazoo and one in Grand Rapids. And so I just happened to be there, um, you know, working, working at the arena and yeah, I saw you guys scroll in and, or, you know, stroll in and I was just like, Oh my God, that's Nick. <laughs> yep. No getting around that one. I was, and I looked over and I heard you, I go, I heard you say Nick. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, wait, I know him. Oh my God. It's craft. <laughs> that was hilarious. But, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, it's hockey's a small world. And, you know, I told you about uh, Bart Reeves, Brett's uh, cousin, ran into him uh, like about oh, five, four years after he played. I ran into him. We were in, uh, I think we were in Chicago at, uh, at uh, like uh, what is now known as the Herster Cup. It used to be Cold Cup, uh, but now it's called the Herster Cup, or at least it was. Anyway, um. So we finished the tournament and we're get, heading towards the bus and me and one of the coaches are talking while we're heading over there. Next thing you know, we see Bart Reeves show up and I did the same thing. I'm like, I know him. Oh my God, it's Reeves. And you know, it's like, so it's that small world. And that's the thing I think that I, I love most about hockey is that you can run into somebody that you haven't seen in a long time. And then it's like, you, 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 you guys were never apart. You know, there wasn't any time. No, there's no time travel. You just pick up where you left off and you just start, you, you just start going again because it's, uh, you know, it's just a small world in hockey. You know, every, you, there's always a, a six degree separation uh, where somebody knows somebody, you know, and, and that's just how it is. And, well, and especially when you start, I mean, when you're playing in the junior ranks, and you start going, like, during the summer, you start going tryout for different teams and all that kind of stuff. Um, I remember we had the, so my second year, we had a showcase in Flint. Mm-hmm. And we played Grand Rapids, one of the games. And I had a play, it was virtually identical. I ended up scoring two goals. It was a one-on-one. And I dangled the defenseman both times. It was the exact same defenseman. He had these awful T-blades like blades on his skates, the ones that you didn't sharpen, you just, it, they just, they made this atrocious sound. I can't believe they actually ever made them. They just, they're the worst piece of hockey equipment that has ever come to fruition. But, <laughs> so I, I remember, I remember, go, I, after I scored my second goal, I said something to the extent of, maybe hockey's not in your future. <laughs> it was something in that realm. And so, I went to try out for, I believe it was Topeka in the USHL over the summer. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like three bags down, I see the, the defenseman that played for Grand Rapids. And so we're, you know, everyone's kind of getting ready and whatever. And he, I finally, he goes, Hey, he's like, you played for Toledo? I'm like, yep. <laughs> and he goes, are, are you Chris Kraft? And I said, yep. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm going to give this hockey thing a little bit more of a try, but we'll see. And I was dying laughing. I was like, I mean, you never know someone's personality. Like, he could have thought I actually personally meant it, and he could have been all, you know, hurt, hurt feelings about it, but he, he went with it perfectly fine. But, it, 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 like you said, it really is remarkable, the, I mean, how close the hockey community is. I mean, you... You know, whether it's it's through tryouts or you go to a new team and you see someone, you're like, oh, you you know, you see a bag you recognize. And you're like, oh, do you know blank? And 
all of a sudden like they're best friends with someone you used to play with a couple years ago or something like that. So yeah, it, it really is remarkable how many people know each other when it comes to the hockey circle. Well, and uh, well, let's bring it tight all in real nice here. Um, how hard was it for you to make that adjustment when you finished playing hockey up in Northern Michigan and realized your playing days were over? Well, your competitive playing days, I should say. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it takes a little bit. I mean, you know, I you're kind of summer. Summer was certainly weird, where you're not really trying. You know, you're not you're not working out for anything or anything like that. So um, that transition was was certainly it was it definitely was weird at first. Um, but now I'm I'm fortunate enough that I have a mite and a mini mite that I get to coach. You know, four or five times a week, and then. I have a daughter who is three, so hopefully she'll be getting the skates on here shortly. So I'll have I'll have plenty of coaching days, um, <laughs> plenty of coaching days in my in my future to to take up any of the missed, missed hockey time. Well, how how old were you, or how long ago did you take up coaching? Just when the kids came around, or? Yeah, yeah. So I've been I think this is my fourth year of coaching now. So yeah, it's well, and it's funny too because. You definitely start to understand, like, different – you can't say something necessarily and just, you know, we have a drill that we do where I'll, you know, tell the kids, hey, get open. Well, you're dealing with 70-year-old kids. What does get open mean? Yep. Right? So you have to you have to adjust your communication style of – you actually have to explain and teach them what you mean as opposed to just – tell them what you're trying to do because they're not going to understand that so that definitely took a bit of transition because you're used to dealing with you know not that you're you know not that you're necessarily coaching your teammates but if you're trying to explain something to them you can use different words than when you're trying to talk to a <laughs> 70-year-old kid you know of you know the, the expectations that you're trying to, to set for you. The expectations and the expletives both. Anyway, <laughs> there is that factor. Anyhow, uh, so now what? Uh, we'll fast forward to now. What is Chris Kraft up to these days? In addition to coaching your your little ones. Um, you know that that's that's a bulk of it. I mean, we're we're on the ice usually Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we have games. You know, Saturday and Sunday. Um. Yeah, I work for a, a small firm, you know, about 15 minutes away. Um, we do business valuation, so that, you know, takes up some of my time. And then now that the NHL season is finally upon us, I've been known to watch a, a hockey game or two. I know my my oldest son's pretty pumped that the Pens are playing the Flyers tonight. It's Friday, so we'll be watching that. And, yeah, yeah just three kids takes up a lot of time. So I was going to say, my gosh, your yeah. wife is a trooper. Uh, so. Yeah, she'll, she, she's actually going back to get her master's, so she'll be she'll, she'll be going lax by hanging out with all of her student friends at school this weekend, so I'll be, I'll be single parenting today. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be Mr. Dad. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So, okay, well, that's a good thing, though, man. Okay, so um, let me ask you, who would you say was probably – uh, from your Toledo days, who was probably uh, some of the more wackiest kids? Or do you remember any wacky stories of some of the things you guys did back then? I mean, the biggest character on the team was Blasto, by far. 
Todd Blaskowitz. Most of those stories cannot be shared. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, we had, especially that second year, because there was a good group of us that came from the first year. Uh-huh. Um, we, were all, we were all relatively close. Um, so I think there was a familiarity that was there that, you know, I, I we were we were a pretty close group. There was there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of people who would you know goof around and you know kind of you know mess around with everyone. You know whether you're trying to put clear tape on someone's skates before practice or you know just <laughs> something you know just <laughs> something to just kind of. I mean, because you know the hockey. It's funny because while you're in it, the hockey year is long, and yeah. when you reflect on it, the hockey year is short. You know, I mean. While you're in it on the day to day, you're just like, oh, we gotta go to practice again. And now you look back on it, and you're like, man, hanging out with your buddies, <laughs> playing junior hockey, going to practice is awesome. It's so much better than going to work every day. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how your perspective changes. But yeah, I mean, when, while you're in the day to day grind, you know, you, you just gotta kind of mess with each other and, and lighten it up as, as much as you can. Well, you know, that team uh, from 02, I think it was 0203. Uh, ended up uh, helping a friend of mine uh, get married and all that good stuff. Uh, he was the team doctor that year. Oh, he, really? Yeah, he was a big guy. His name was uh, Todd Leslie. And, of course, okay. everyone just called him Doc. But uh, sure. he was uh, he was up there in Monroe, and he met his future wife up there while he was up That's there. Funny. Yeah, and so he ended up getting married. Matter of fact, uh, I was uh, best man in his wedding and uh, stuff, and I still, uh, you know, we're still best buds today, you know. That's very he, cool. Yeah, he's down in uh, Finley somewhere and uh, in, in uh, south of Toledo. And uh, so, like I said, we, we keep in touch still to this day. And uh, still, you know, I'm godfather to a couple of his kids, so. It's uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So that's anyway. awesome. All right. Well, um, do you have any questions you have for me as far as you know, trying to remember something from back then or whatever? It's up yeah. to you. I well, I mean, you've you've seen a bunch of cool barns from, I mean, a broadcasting perspective. So I guess I'll I'll ask you this: out of all the CSHL barns that you've ever gone to and you've you've seen games in, what what was your favorite from like a fan? perspective and then from a broadcaster perspective from a okay from a fan perspective as much as i hate to say it um i'm trying to think here man that's a lot of barns but uh probably from a fan perspective i would say probably my favorite place to uh broadcast from or to just be at as far as a barn goes would probably be it would probably be St. Louis, um, just from a fan perspective, just because, uh, to tell you a quick story, we went to St. Louis one year, and we were getting our butts kicked. This came, this was like after you were there, and uh, Jack, Jack, the coach, and I are, have always been good friends. We've always gotten along great. Well, uh, we were getting shelled, and I was getting frustrated, and I wasn't in my normal perch to broadcast the game from. I was over in the corner somewhere at ice rink level. And so I'm just sitting there and I run into him in the lobby and I'm going, man, this is bad. It was in between periods because you could do that. You could like literally walk into each other right there. 
And I just said, man, I'm getting to the point right now I could use a drink because they were shelling us pretty good. And so Jack, being the smart aleck wiseacre that he is, has parents of his kids send pitchers of beer to me at my broadcast position <laughs> I, I, with like in the third period. And he jokingly says to them, your kid's playing time depends on it. Next thing I know, I've got like a slew of pitchers of beer there sitting, sitting, sitting there at my table. And I'm like going, how in the heck am I going to explain this, drink this or anything? So I had all these parents go, I'm going free beer. <laughs> you know, it was one of the funniest little stuff. I mean, he's been known to pull a stunner too. I'm going to have to get him on a future podcast to, uh, so we can have a few laughs about that. But uh, he is one of, like I said, of this in the CHL era. He was one of my favorite people. Him and and Mike Flanagan up in Grand Rapids uh, with Jeff Lang. Langer is like one of the funniest human beings that I know. Uh, and uh, just guys like that that made that league. Bob Jacobson in Cleveland. Uh, you never seen him. I don't think there. I think I think he was born with a cup of coffee in his hand. Um, but uh, just things like that. That little things that you don't think about. And it's uh, it's just they they are what make the league work and they were what made it so much fun. But uh, as far as from a broadcasting perspective, I'd probably have to say, and I hate saying this too, probably more than anything, because while I got along great and, you know, even though they were our, our uh, big rival in St. Louis, they were a huge rival. Uh, my the team that I used to like, uh, and uh, didn't really care about going out there. But when I did, the, the the rink that they played in was beautiful because they used to be in the USHL and that's Dubuque. They were always. Uh, it, oh, okay, yeah, it was that was a little bit before my time. Or after, actually. Or excuse me, after. Sorry, yes. After. Yeah, they played in a, in the five uh, five star or five flags arena or I can't remember what it was called, but the Fighting Saints used to play there. Now they had all the seating on you know at the ends of the rink and at and. And on the one side, they you know you know how the uh, small rinks are. They always have seating on one side, and then the benches and stuff and the locker rooms on the other. Well, this wasn't quite like that. It was sort of like that in that they had the benches and you go to the locker rooms and stuff on the one side. There was no seating over there, but on the other side, it was like basically a, a bowl. So it was all, kind of almost like Joe, Joe Louis Arena esque. And they had the broadcast booth at the top of the seats, you know, above the seats, they had a broadcast booth there and I had beautiful sight line. So I have to give them full marks for that. That was probably the best I could see uh, as far as for seeing, uh, calling a game, you know, so I had, I was able sure. to do that stuff, but I would say that would probably have been my, probably the best place that I had been to. And then yet I, the, when we played in quad cities over in Davenport, Iowa, it was a small rink, but it was still really a nice sight line and, uh, I, I loved calling games there because it was so, I mean, they set me up really nice there. The folks there in uh, Davenport were really, really nice to us and stuff. So for calling games and everything, and uh, I really enjoyed that too. So, but that's pretty much my answer for that. So uh, Chris, uh, before we go, is there any, anyone you want to say hey to, or, you know, I mean, as far as, uh, to Cherokee Nation, if you want, because uh, even though you're, you know, there are different eras that I cover here, 20 years worth, um, people from 
uh, before I was there, from after I was there, and everything in between. Listen to this. So, uh, uh, you know, just uh, if there's anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation, now's the time. Go for it. I mean, yeah, no, no one, no one specifically. Just you know, definitely enjoyed my time there. You know, had a had a great time. Um, really enjoyed my housing family. Um, enjoyed Omi. Uh, enjoyed Bakes. You know, Missy Bakes. Um, so yeah, just you know, go Cherokee, and that's that's pretty much all I had to say. Well, I tell you what, you've said a lot here, and we appreciate it very much. So. Uh, you know, I thank you for this and uh, thank everybody here for tuning in. And uh, big thanks here to my friend here, Chris Kraft, number 21 in the program, number one in your hats. And it's a kind of a walk, right? Am I, did I say it right? You did. That's correct. Uh, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. It'll take time, but I'll get it. Anyway, I just remember that in Waukesha. And, and I remember Waukesha because of uh, Happy Days, because there was an episode <laughs> where they talked about Waukesha. And uh, that's the reason I remember it. So, but anyway, uh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys as we're starting them back up again. Each episode will drop Saturday and Wednesday as, uh, as we do them. So we will record them and then drop them every Wednesday and Saturday. A new episode will drop. So we appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere that you get your podcast from, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, Podbean, uh, the whole host of them, I believe Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, we get we, we have them all, all over. So uh, be sure to uh, subscribe. That way, when a new one drops, you'll be able to pick it up and listen to it. Uh, and hey, just drop us a line. Let us know if uh, you know any alumni that uh, might not know about us that, hey, you want to hear them on, on the podcast because I'll be more than happy to do it. So anyway, for uh, Chris Craft, I am Mick. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon as you've got, uh, well, hey, you've been listening to the Cherokee Rewind right here on CherokeeRewind.podbean.com. <laughs>